Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury. Hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics. And after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group WAGS of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends of Spinal Cord Injury. We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. So join us each week as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wags of SCI podcast with your hosts, Elena Pauly and Brooke Paget. Today, we have the continuation section of our podcast um, episode that we began last week, which was on polyamorous relationships. And we had such an incredible amount of feedback, a whole heap of emails, really great responses. We're really, really happy to know that this is a topic that is of great interest in our community. So last week we did a poll. We had some really, really interesting results in terms of how many people actually participate in these types of relationships. So we will get right into that in a minute. But once again, thank you for writing in and keep those submissions coming to wagsofsci at gmail.com. Yeah, it was that was so awesome to see like how many people were actually messaging us and being like, oh, I really want to hear more about this. Because like at first when we were doing this, I was like, I don't know if this is like a bit too much or if this people are going to get offended by this. But then, yeah, (laughs) you know, I know you and I are kind of on the path, you know, for those of you who are listening, Elena and I are kind of on the path right now where we don't really care. Um, We are just going to be authentically ourselves and if someone gets offended, it usually it comes from a place of something that they need to heal within themselves. And we know this and we're compassionate towards that. And we're not going to kind of direct our podcast to suit not offending people anymore. Well, right? and it's, it's a great position and one of honor to be in this position to be able to relay the information anonymously yeah. from our readers, you know, followers, um, listeners, we are just really humbled to be able to share this information and really honestly, without, without any sort of filters, embarrassment or filters. Yeah, absolutely. So please know that anything that comes into us via submission, um, we will keep it anonymous. So that should give you a little bit of more input into how we roll. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so we, we're going to start part two soon. And so as promised last uh, episode, we were discussing how we were going to do a part two and we we're going to explain um, kind of like what emails came in, what comments came in. We're going to report back as to like what the community thinks about this, because there's a lot of different perspectives on this. But before we do that, obviously we have to thank our title sponsor, Robin Wishart of Wishart Brain and Spine Law. She has been working with us for now over three years for the WAGs of SCI being our official advocate. She owns a law firm that works internationally, pretty much. It's called Wishart Brain and Spine Law. And Robin and her team are available to help anybody who needs it. 
from letters of medical necessity to finding resources in your specific town or area to connecting you with another lawyer who may be better for your case. She helps for free and she's always available. So you can visit brainandspinelaw.com. Or you can go to our website, wegsofsci.com and click on legal resources. And you can find a whole bunch of information as to who she is, who her team is, and what she does for the Wags of STI community. We also wanted to send a shout out to our next sponsor, Rolling in Paradise. So Rolling in Paradise is really, really unique because it's owned by a quadriplegic and his wife, Annalisa. So we love supporting WAG-owned businesses. They are located in Florida and they are VA approved. They ship everywhere. And basically they sell everything from freedom tracks, hand cycles, wheelchairs, backrests, accessories, power assists. They have tons of resources and their website has a really, really good section on testimonials that you can read more about them. But we always like to support our wagon businesses. And so we thank Annalisa and John so much for sponsoring the podcast and contributing back this way to the community that they love. And so if you need any adapted equipment or you need some help with equipment, please go to Annalisa and John at rollinginparadise.com and just tell them the Wags of STI sent you so we can all support each other in our business endeavors. Amen, sister. So let's hop right into this. Um, one of the first responses that we're going to read. So we have three that we'd like to share today with you. And we'll begin with this one. So this uh, writer. And this was from I, and this was from like people who emailed in after they watched the or listened to the first podcast that we released. Yeah, that's right. So this one reads, Hi there. I just listened to the podcast about open relationships. My significant other is definitely one of those men you were talking about that likes to see me with other men. I thought he was crazy when he first told me that he is okay with me flirting, having sex, sending nudes, etc. to other men. But after much discussion, I opened up the idea and I have to say that it's a lot of fun and in an unexpected way actually brings us closer together. I can explain much more if you would like. I'm not sure what parts of this you would find the most helpful and informative. So just let me know if I can share anything else with you. I'm pretty open about it. So that being said, after our discussion, if you would like to write in and ask any more questions to our listener, um, we would be happy to be that voice, uh, that vessel to be able, able to sort of banter off some more questions back and forth. So what are your thoughts about this? I mean, this is huge, even like without being in disability community, this is, I feel like this is one of the more, um, I guess a term that I'm not really that familiar with. I know that we went through the chart last week. So what would, what would this be? Like, is this like a swinging relationship? What are your thoughts about this, Brooke? Well, I would say that this is like, um, a poly relationship, but, but not relationship, just sex. And it's so interesting because I know last podcast, I was really curious about this exact kind of dynamic because for whatever reason, I feel like this is very understandable. Like I feel like this, I thought this would be a bit more common or talked about in the community than it actually is just because 
it it's the truth when you say there are a lot of men that can't physically perform sexually as they would have hoped they could, or let's say they have some issues and, and it's a thing in the able-bodied community too. Like we said last right. episode, this is a huge fetish. It's like, I think it's called like cuckold or something. I, I'm not sure, but it's like where the husband films his wife with another man. And it's a big hmm. thing. And like guys get a lot of pleasure from this. So I was like, well, if it's a big thing in the able-bodied community, it has to be a big thing in the SCI community. Cause there's a lot of guys that struggle with that, but it's not really. And it's like, I, I would think that you'd have to be very self-confident, but also like you'd have to like enjoy and trust trust your partner obviously right. but also enjoy that sharing aspect i i don't know like i just thought that it would be a lot more popular than than it than it is in the community right and i think that's a that's a good reoccurring theme that you had just mentioned here about relationships and the strength of your bond and your and your trust within um your partnership is that communication, like we've, we keep on mentioning repeatedly communication is key to any sort of sexual relationship or relationship in general. Um, because you have to be on the same page. There would be nothing worse than, than breaking boundaries or, you know, crossing a line that your partner is not comfortable with. So thank you very much for sharing that. That is excellent. It's really, um, it's, it's something new to think about, right? And so that was one of our responses. So we'll move right along to the second one. And this, da, 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 this is coming from one of our listeners who has messaged actually a few times before. So this one reads, it's, hi there, Brooke and Elena, it's Mike again. Every time I think to myself, man, I'm curious about how X, Y, Z relates to disability. In my case, cerebral palsy, life, a specific podcast episode from Wags of SCI shows up on my feed. It's amazing. I just started listening to your first episode on polyamory and you're doing a fantastic job. I didn't mention this in in my last email to you because I was too nervous too. But for years now, I've been extremely curious about a specific type of open relationship that isn't polyamorous. I can explain more if you want, especially essentially because I've wanted to go against a relationship societal grain. And I've always felt it's, it is very limited for those of us with disabilities. I've been studying open relationships. I read as much as I can on the subculture of our societies. That said, I've always been an extreme, extremely nervous to go against the grain with all this, all this from a disability perspective. I have so many questions from a disability perspective, but haven't found any answers. I'm so excited and happy you are all broaching this topic for years from a disability perspective. I felt alone in being interested in this. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being extremely brave enough to talk about this. Mike. Yeah, that's, it's really nice to get a perspective for, from someone who has an, a dis- disability, because I know we have a huge chunk of our followers are, are men in chairs and women in chairs. And so it's really, really nice to, to get that perspective. So I would certainly encourage anyone out there who has a perspective, regardless of if you agree with us or not, just to send us a quick email or a message. It's, it's pretty awesome. 
Especially coming from, um, I really love that Mike says that he has cerebral palsy and that he's been yeah. a listener of Wags of SCI and and th- these episodes and that again we're we're here to be able to sort of um, you know read some of these responses to you guys and hopefully we can get some feedback from you. But also coming from a male's perspective as well, right? Because yeah. um, it's not just us in the Wag life. Yeah. Um, it's really nice to hear from other people. Yeah. So. Thank you for that, Mike. And again, if you'd like to connect with Mike, I guess we should have kept, well, Mike, (laughs) Uh, we should have kept his name private, but we'll just say Mike, Um, please respond to us and we will connect you with him if you've got any more ideas or if you too have any connection to cerebral palsy. So the next um, email we'll read to you guys, and this is a great one for some discussion um because it's it's also coming from a wheelchair user so this one reads random message i just listened to your podcast hopefully you don't judge me because of this looking at it from the other way i'm the wheelchair user and i'm the one who suggested for the open relationship with my partner since my injury my needs have changed in regards to partners i prefer to be in a relationship with somebody i'm really good friends with My current partner is my best friend and we have the most amazing life together. We are traveling around the world, can make each other laugh like no one else can. We are soulmates and we really deeply care about each other, but we just don't work sexually. Before my injury, I wouldn't have dated him. I would have gone for a sporty jock who treated me poorly, but I realized after my injury, I value our relationship more than anything sexually. So we've spoken about having sex with other people, not date other people, just sex. I always wondered though, if he would end up, if he, if we would end up together and had the same discussion. Yeah, that's really interesting perspective because, yeah, like you said, you know, she is a wheelchair user. And so she was just saying, you know, from from her perspective, it's it's this is what she needs and wants. And it's just when I read that the first time, I was like, this just goes to show you how nuanced this is and how many different perspectives and experiences and mindsets that there is out there. It's like, this is not a one size fit all thing. This is not something that you just say, oh yeah, let's have an open relationship. Because to be honest, I think about it and I'm like, wow, you would have to have people that are so in tune with themselves. So kind of like they've gone through their emotional stuff that they need to go through and they know themselves really well and they can trust their partner and they know their partner really well. It's just, there's so much there that you have to get around in order to make this a truly successful thing. Right. Mm-hmm. No, that makes, I mean, I feel like there's a lot to unpack here and something that you and I have talked about before about um, our partners having spinal cord injuries and, you know, I, I feel like especially like the pornographic industry does a really poor job at describing what what real sex is actually like. It's yeah. not always the the pizza guy coming to your door <laughs> or the fireman coming in or, you know, the police officer. These like <laughs> they're just they're just really silly sort of details. And it's like the pizza guy opens the box and there is his penis like <laughs> You know, or the fireman just like swinging his hose around. It's like, okay, this like doesn't actually even happen. Um, 
what I, you know, so I think that there's a lot of like toxic masculinity in what sex looks like for actually both perspectives, even for females too, that especially when you have a spinal cord injury and then you're sort of trying to navigate your new life of living and, and just basic life. And then you're, you're still wanting to be intimate with your partner and some things just don't work the way they used to do after spinal cord injury that it can be extremely discouraging. And so I really like where she says, you know, um, before my injury, I wouldn't have dated him. I would have gone for a sporty jog who treated me poorly. And this is something you and I talked about many, many times that the connection even after spinal cord injury with their partners is that you develop on a soul level because a lot of the physical aspects are limited. And so that is a very good point. So thank you for saying that. And that is, I think... I think that, you know, as she goes on to say, but I realized after my injury, I value our friendship more than anything sexually. And I think this is a very real discussion that is happening between the four walls of anybody's home. And, you know, that you do your relationship grows into a friendship first and foremost, because it's just you and your partner dealing with some very real situations that are, that can be very high stress. And sometimes sex can be on the back burner. So, I really, really loved this message um, that you can become friends first and foremost. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just a different perspective, right? So um, I don't know about what you guys think about having, allowing your partner. So this female is in in the wheelchair and she would like her partner to go out and seek another relationship. So this is also great for discussion. Yeah. I mean, I think like what I said before, like that it it all comes down to really knowing yourself and knowing what your needs are and what you need and why you need it and really examining why you need certain things. Like it's so tough because like I know a lot of people and I have known a lot of people throughout my life that they use sex as a way to bring themselves closer to people. And if they can't get it from someone else, they get it through another person. It's very toxic. And that comes from a lot of emotional issues that haven't been dealt with. And it's expressed in a way that it may not necessarily be healthy, or maybe it's just, they want to be that way. You know, you don't know. Right. But for me, it's just about getting to know yourself and getting to know like exactly what you want and what you need. And like, like, like we said earlier, this isn't like something that is one size fits all. So when someone says, Oh, poly relationships means this, it's like, no, it doesn't. You have to know yourself. You have to know your partner. You have to really, really get down to the, the nitty gritty of who you truly are and what you want to experience in life. And that involves a great deal of, of life experience and a great deal of self-reflection and, you know, just saying, oh, you know, I'm really struggling with the sex with my partner after SCI and I think I'm going to go get it elsewhere. You have to look deeper than that for me anyways. Like you have to say, Mm -hmm. okay, is this just a phase? Is this, sex doesn't necessarily have to be physical. Am I okay with that? Um, Like there's just so many different angles you could look at. Am I going through an emotional phase right now where I feel like I need to get attention from somebody else? You know, Mm -hmm. we've all had those thoughts. I remember at the start of my partner's injury, I was like, 
I, I really felt like I was being like a, like a wallflower. Like there's nobody was listening to me. I felt kind of invisible at times. And that was a phase. And that was de- something that you, I had to look deep into, but I thought like, Oh, maybe I do want to be with somebody else. Maybe it wasn't like that. It was kind of just like wanting attention maybe from other people and wanting to be looked at and wanting to be seen. Mm-hmm. And when I went into that, I realized that what it was, but a lot of people, they don't go into it enough. And so they kind of just sit on the surface and they say, yeah, I need to go and have a polyamorous relationship, but that's not necessarily the answer. And it's not going to bring you happiness. And for me, if you know that, and you realize that you still want to experiment with that, that's kind of the, the happy place for me is where, you know, and you kind of want to go further and explore that. Right. Well, and a great deal of honesty, like I sort of th- think to myself and Dan and I have been having more open conversations about these topics because this is something that you and I have been diving in. And like we've said, there's so much interest in it because there's a lot of learning, a lot of education, a lot of different perspectives. But, you know, um, I, you know, uh, as I read the rest of this message, the this woman writes, um, I feel like I'm not giving him the sex life he desires as I don't feel the lust anymore. So I asked him if he wanted to have an open relationship. We are still in discussion about this, but we have agreed so far that we will, when we get to their destination of where they're traveling, that we will have a separate night apart with other partners. And I think that the biggest thing to take away from this is the level of honesty in the communication. Um, instead of living your life, I guess, sort of, you know, having these desires that you wish you could work out or you could explore and experience, but not being able to, and then later on holding maybe a resentment for that person feeling like they held you back or that you could never really be truthful or honest with them. And then sort of always wondering why. So I feel like, um, I myself, I feel like that is really, really cool that they're able to work together to make sure that both parties do acquire what they both need. And I can see how that could build your relationship to be stronger and healthier and more fruitful because you're both on a different level of the real honesty. Like if you can be honest with your sexuality, with your partner, in my opinion, that's you've made it right. Because there's a lot of people that, you know, maybe they also like different things in their bedroom, like let's say like role playing or they're into all sorts of different sexual appetites and they want to grow that, but are feeling a lot of shame from being able to express themselves or explore that, that I find that that is extremely damaging. And a lot of people in our society do feel that way between religion, between their upbringing of what is right and wrong and a lot of societal pressures of what is right and wrong that sometimes you're unable to even express that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and just for discussion's sake, let's think about the flip side for a second. Let's think about like, you know, if you approach everything like a learning experience and, and an opportunity to get to know yourself and your partner more, I mean, you could go off on vacation and have one night alone, you know, with another person and you both could come together and be like, this is not what I, what I want. This is not what Absolutely. I need. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. For sure. And I think a lot of people, you do sort of think the grass is greener on the other side and, the, and then you try it, but you won't know until you try it. And then you realize, no, I'm good at home. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, like, um, if we had talked about this 10 years ago, I can see myself kind of being that way, like trying something and being like, no, this isn't for me when it comes to this kind of thing, just because 
like, especially when you're younger, you don't really know, again, you don't really know what you want. You haven't done a lot of self-reflection and you kind of think that the answers are out there, but like, you know, like that other story, you talked about how, um, the, the very first one that you read, how it actually has brought them closer. I think there's a lot there. Like, I think that is, um, is something definitely worth exploring. And we'll definitely get into that further on in part four or five, where we actually interview some of these people and get their perspectives as to like, why, why is that the case? Like, why did it bring you closer? Like, I'm really interested in that. Yes, absolutely. So again, you guys, we just wanted to sort of open this topic up to you to give you a little bit of the juicy deeds of what is to come in the next few episodes. And please keep writing in because we will continue to read a few responses each day. And um, hopefully this actually encourages people to, to feel like they're seen and heard and that we are able to have conversations about this, not just bowel and bladder care or, you know, spasms or just, you know, just the physical side effects of spinal cord injury. But perhaps this will lead us to a more beautiful approach into what is possible for those living with spinal cord injury. And it doesn't always have to be about medical issues and, um, and that kind of stuff. So as always, we are the Wags of SEI. So this is what we're, we're going to continue to talk about dating, life, sex, relationships. And um, I think this is going to be a really, really good series for anybody who is listening. For sure. And I think before we wrap this episode up, we should read um, one or two of the comments that we're going to get into next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we talked about last episode, we did a couple of posts on our private Facebook group where we asked some women what they think about polyamorous and open relationships and if they had any experience at all in it or what their thoughts are kind of like, you know, don't hold back. Let us know what you think. And so there was tons of comments. So we're going to read them off in the next episode, but let's start with a couple here. So anonymously. So, This one comment says, I've been wanting, looking for a girlfriend for a few years now. My husband approves, of course. Goal is to eventually bring all three of us together. He's really pushing for me to find one now since his accident. We live in a small town, so that doesn't help with the search, LOL. So clearly, they live in a small town. They were clearly interested in this before his accident. And then they're going to follow through after his accident, which is interesting. Pretty interesting to me. It, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I find it very fascinating how it's the female who's now looking for a girlfriend for the two of them mm-hmm. um, instead of, you know, which is I, I find that's really cool because it's like the same gender or same sex partner is looking for. Yeah. For that. Not, not necessarily the typical like male, female, the man seeking the woman, the woman seeking the man that um, yeah. it also kind of feels a little bit like a safe ground to play with because you're now you're opening it up to the the woman looking for this but yeah um one of the responses that we got for that is i think it would be really helpful for you to look into the ethics of unicorn hunting to avoid any potential hurt for future partners and set clear wants expectations for a new relationship right from the start amazing so Can well you tell said. what's unicorn hunting um well i'm not really sure what unicorn hunting is but i'm assuming i like how they're talking about the ethics of 
the relationship, Unicorn right? Hunting. Hmm, interesting. So th- from like from what I gathered from that, I would assume unicorn hunting, like if I were to guess, would yes. be like trying to find Yes. Like like does it have anything to do with looks? No. no. So so I think what it actually is is finding just another person to join their relationship here. Let's, let's, let's Google this. Yeah. So the, so the couple for unicorn hunting is that they're looking for that special person, this unicorn to come in. So the couple is seeking the third party to come in and be both of their party. Okay. Okay. Alrighty. So this one response says that they should look into the ethics of unicorn hunting. Interesting. Uh huh. I'd be interested to learn the ethics of that too. Exactly. This is a whole thing. This is like, like I, I have no idea about all this stuff. So I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I love it. It's a, it's a whole other culture. It's a whole other community. Right. And yeah. again, it's just like, this is really, really exciting for us to dive into. And yeah. who knows, maybe at the end of this, you too will be looking for a unicorn, <laughs> hunting a unicorn. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that was just kind of like a little sampling of next episode. So we're going to get into it and hopefully we'll have some more comments to share with you next episode. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. And again, like we've said this a few times, we would really love your input. So please feel free to email us wagsofsci at gmail.com with any insights. Or if you would want to relay a message, we can relay it anonymously on this platform. This platform serves as a resource and an education tool for women in our community, but also for men who are in this community. So we love this as a mouthpiece. We love this, that these episodes are always going to be available for free on our website. Even if you don't have a streaming service, they're always going to be up there. So yeah, make sure you email us, DM us on Instagram at Wags of SCI, um, or you can um, find us on Facebook and you can message mm-hmm. us there. Absolutely. And again, don't forget to like and follow the Wags of SCI to keep this group bumping for the futures to come. So until next time, peace.